two thumps ripped Wolf out of his sleep. Or so he thought. The silence in his ranch house living room was absolute, save the ticking clock. The walls flickered in the darkened space as muzzle blasts puffed out of an actor's revolver on the muted television. With a slow breath, he tried to blank out the throbbing in his limbs. Every time he woke, the pain seemed to have multiplied anew from the previous conscious moment. Of course, being drugged up on Percocet and a smattering of other pills, adding doses of scotch to the cocktail of medication, made it hard to remember those previous conscious moments. This must be what it's like to have Alzheimer's. How many times had he repeated that thought in the past few days? What day was it? He craned his neck as crunching footsteps approached his house outside, and then a knock on the door echoed in his skull, making him cringe. He cracked his lips and peeled his tongue from the top of his mouth. Come in. There was no response. Come in. Pain shot through his pelvis. The knob turned and the door opened, letting in a burst of light that assaulted his eyeballs. Mr. Wolf. Yeah. My name is Special Agent Cumberland with the FBI. Two men were silhouetted in his open doorway, holding square ID wallets in his direction. He lay back and closed his eyes, staring at their afterimage burned into his retinas. I'll have to take your word for that. Come in. This is the assistant special agent in charge of the Denver field office, Stephen Fry. We're here to ask you a few questions. Wolf reached over and grabbed the handle of the oversized plastic cup of water and sucked from the straw. He was vaguely surprised that it was so full, cold, and rattling with ice. He drew a blank trying to remember who had filled it. It could have been any number of people who came in and out of his house as of late. Probably the big nurse. Open those shades, one of the agents said. His living room brightened, and Wolf tried to straighten in his reclined hospital bed, sending another bolt of pain from his pelvis up his spine. He broke into a sweat and pulled off his sheet, letting the relatively cool air caress his damp gown. Fumbling at his sides for the bed controls, he found the plastic box next to his leg cast and pushed the incline button. As the bed whirred, one of the agents stepped in front of the television. He was tall and wide, and filled out his suit with muscle underneath. Holding mirrored sunglasses in one hand, his badge wallet hung in his other. Let me see those badges and IDs again. The big agent glanced at his partner and handed it over. The badges were real, and the ID cards looked genuine enough. Cumberland was the tall guy in front of him and Asak Fry was the other man to his left that he'd yet to look at properly. Both men had military cuts in their pictures and no-nonsense blank facial expressions. They wore white dress shirts and black ties cinched around muscular necks. When Wolf looked up, the two men were identical in dress and presentation to their IDs, but from each other, they were different in every way. Cumberland was tall and imposing, while Fry was short and wiry. It looked like Cumberland had to endure a grueling physical routine to hold his shape, while Fry had to eat to hold his. He handed the wallets back. What questions? Cumberland tilted his chin up. We need to ask you about the night Sarah Muller and Carter Willis were murdered. Straighten up a few things. 
Though he spent most waking moments thinking about Sarah and her gut-wrenching demise by the hand of an unknown coward, the mention of her by these agents startled him to the core. Straighten up a few things. What's there to straighten up? Cumberland clenched his fists and spread his hands while gazing around Wolf's living room. It was a reflexive move for the big man, Wolf thought, like the agent was trying to contain anger. Agent Fry cleared his throat. What were you doing the night of Sarah Muller and Carter Willis's deaths? 